0: There's always, like, a lot of, like, organizational changes, mm-hmm. like, within companies, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, year over year. Yep. So, like, as I was joining, the company was changing. Like, pe- they were building up the office in Portland. Okay. So, people were being moved here. So, like, roles were changing. So, mm-hmm. the original job that I was offered yep. ended up, like, Shit. changing, like, <laughs> after I had already started and I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. So, I ended up doing, like, more colorways than actual concept. And, and that was something- scratch, I Yeah. Right? So it was like it was something I was good at. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, but and then I was able to work with athletes. Okay. So it was fun at first. Mm -hmm. So it was fun like working on like Curry's like game shoes Mm -hmm. and like coming up with these like crazy stories like around like, you know, um, whether it was around his daughter or his Mm -hmm. wife, like, you know, the Splash Brothers, like all that type of stuff coming up with these cool uh, colorways and concepts. But then, like, after, like, a little while of doing it, I was like, whoa, this ain't what I signed <laughs> up for. This is Claim of
1: Stories, a show about professionals working in the sportswear industry and the incredible careers they've been able to claim. Welcome to the creative state. Klayma, claim my, play my,
0: play my at the table, at the, at the table.
1: I'm Bima, and on today's show, we explore how Ed Wallace went from living in a neighborhood filled with a lot of crime and violence to designing innovative performance running shoes and selling more than one million pairs of his first running design. Since 2012, the year Ed landed his first full-time job as a designer, he's been bringing a fresh perspective to the sportswear industry. Currently, he's a footwear designer, specifically focusing on the running category at Under Armour in Portland, Oregon. Since joining the company in 2014 at their office in Maryland, he's designed sneakers for volleyball, softball, and basketball. He even created special colorways for Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. As a teenager, Ed remembers playing a lot of different sports, but it was basketball that really captivated his interest. He even fell in love with the culture surrounding it, including the signature sneakers for elite hoopers. He started collecting publications like Slam Magazine, where he first discovered the designers behind the sneakers. He grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. During our conversation, Ed shares some of his pros and cons of the city.
0: My neighborhood was pretty chill. It was um, a suburban uh, part of town, but it was um, still pretty gritty. Like mm-hmm. people that do know about St. Louis know that it's like one of the most dangerous cities in the in the country. So wow. uh, you have your good spots and you have your bad spots, like anywhere else. But mm-hmm. growing up, some you know, growing up in an environment it seems normal, so you don't. You know, you don't really consider it to be so rough until you move away and then you hear about <laughs> all the craziness happening um, around town. But uh, it was uh, it's a great city to grow up in. It's very, very rich in, like, sports culture. Like, uh-huh. you know I'm saying? I know you heard about the Rams back in the oh, 2000s. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know you heard about Nelly blowing stuff up. thats I get that question a lot. Like, Nellyville, Do yeah. Do you know Nelly? Y'all hang out? <laughs> But yeah, I grew up next door to Nelly. Oh, nah, <laughs> nah. Everybody, everybody was his cousin back in the day.
1: Man, yeah, I remember. It. I mean, you know, Nelly was a a big deal, like global artist. And so, do you remember? Like, was the city like really behind Nelly? Like, was oh it yeah, yeah every, was everybody Nelly.
0: supported because that was like our first guy to yeah. kind of make it. So that. I mean, as a kid, for me growing up, I mean, I always aspired to be successful. So, like seeing like guys like him or athletes, you know, for the from the Cardinals or whether it was guys from the Rams, like you always aspire to be great and aspire to be like somebody successful like those guys. So,
1: man, yeah. so when you think about you know growing up in in, in St. Louis, and um, you know, you do have some pockets that can be a little a little gritty. Um, did you think, like, did it really impact you at a, a young age? Did you, like, did you see some stuff and you're like, yo, oh, that is pretty crazy. Like, this is, like,
0: this is weird. Yeah, I mean, too, like, I I, I hate to even say it, but it's, like, um, even, like, like it, it, it was so rough. Like, um, well, not saying I was committing crimes, anything no, crazy yeah, like yeah. that, but, yeah, like, but people... You had a a bunch of knuckleheads in the neighborhood, like, I I hate to say, but even, like, um, after leaving home, like, it's, like, a lot of people that I went to school with that's not around anymore. So, you know, you had a lot of that type of stuff, and um, some of those um, neighborhoods were, like, predominantly, like, black neighborhoods, so you didn't really have a lot of diversity, so you didn't really know how to, like, you know, communicate around, like, police and stuff like that. So you had a lot of, like, weird incidents where, you know, you might not have provoked anything, but you mm-hmm. didn't like go about things the right way, which leads you into further trouble. Yeah.
1: And then, and so your parents, like um, they must've wanted you to stay out of trouble and not get caught up in a lot of that stuff. Sure, that's <laughs> as they always do. <laughs> right. Um, yes. um, so how, how did they try to keep you away from some of that? You know, obviously there's a lot of other great things happening in the community. So what What were they doing with you to
0: try to keep you focused? I mean, luckily, I was I was I was fortunate enough to have both in a household. Yeah. Like, um, in our community, um, that's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of my friends had single parent households. So yeah, I had both influences there mm-hmm. to kind of like keep me on the right path. Um, also, I was the older brother, <laughs> so like, you, I don't know if you know about that, but um. I was, you know, I had the harshest, like yeah. you know, they had to whip me into shape for you the little one be to be successful. <laughs> yeah. So that's what kept me on the right path. Mm. So I was always wanting to lead by example and be a positive influence for my little brother. So you know, that's kind of that was how I, you know, stayed focused. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, were there any uh, any programs or any sports that you really started to participate in at a young age?
0: Yeah, man, I was like a gym class hero. Okay, uh, you know what okay. I was an all star, uh, gym class. But no, I, I started out in T ball. Okay, so like I was a little rug rat, yeah. you know, swinging at the the ball <laughs> on a stick. Um, and I was pretty good. So you know, I just kept kept on leveling up, and leveling like each up. each stage, um, you know, you know, just accumulated more trophies, more yeah. more accolades. So I wish I had brought in this newspaper clip. Uh, I was like a little, I was a little. Little guy, just um, front page of the new Saint Louis Dispatch. Come on, uh, i um, you know thought I was famous back in the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, baseball and then eventually basketball. Okay, um,
1: and so basketball came, but you and your mom actually had shared that common interest in baseball. Yeah, because she, yeah, yeah.
0: she, she played softball. She played softball. She she ran track in high school. Okay, she uh, played softball. She was she was like the. My father was cool, but she yeah. was a little bit cooler, so he had the juice. Uh, I hope, hopefully he don't hear this. But um, <laughs> now she um, she definitely inspired me a lot because she even at an older age, she like stayed into it. So yeah. like she would, um, like her company that she worked for, they would have like uh, leagues. Yeah. So she participated in that stuff. So, so I would wow. go watch her. I'll go, we'll go to the batting cage, you know, yeah. she'll challenge me. So okay. uh, she kind of sparked my competitiveness uh, wow. at an early age. Yeah. And
1: yeah. so, then tell me a little bit about the the, the basketball side because you said basketball stole your heart. So, what was it about basketball that you resonated so much? Stole with? my heart, man. It was it's, it's
0: just the the culture, mm-hmm. the culture. Um, like it was like swinging at a ball and like running them bases. This is cool. You know, maybe diving for a catch. That's cool. But like you know, seeing somebody get crossed over, yeah. fall on the ground. Yeah. Um, seeing guys get dunked on, all that stuff, that was like crazy to that me. That was exciting. And then like the style of it, like um, St. Louis, we didn't have a basketball team mm-hmm. growing up for me, so the closest city was like Chicago. Okay. So like obviously, you okay. know, you know who that, <laughs> you know who that guy is. Uh, so. A lot of kids looked up to him and he was like he was like the coolest dude in the world at the, the time. World. So Yeah. You know, I wanted my bald head. Yeah. I wanted you know, I wanted he to be wanted the tall. Yeah, I wanted the earring. I wanted the, I got the gold chain on right now. Um and the black and red.
1: That was that was everything. That was everything, man. You'll make fun so. of me. When I, I remember when I was a kid, I um I can't remember what age it was. It had to be under ten. And when I go play basketball with my
0: friends, <laughs> I would go play in the whole uniform. <laughs> Oh, you was one of those kids. You, you probably had to pick your own team because nobody wanted nobody you. Nobody wanted. I was Short, terrible. Early. Oh my goodness, that's horrible, man. That's funny.
1: Um, but then, so loving basketball, being being so young, um, and I'm sure you loved sneakers as a kid, uh, especially just that that connection between MJ. Um, yeah. Was there a signature shoe that you you had to play in when you that's were?
0: A, that's a no brainer. <laughs> I don't know why you asked that. Uh no. Nah. The Michael Jordan line was by far my favorite. Yeah. Um that was that was the line that you know, inspired me the most from a design standpoint and from a fashion standpoint. Because okay. if you had those fresh Jordans on the first day of school or, you know, when they came out, you was the guy. Was the guy. So um, <laughs> I took pride in that. And like, even coming from St. Louis, it's like we're a small town in the Midwest. So we get influences from like the East Coast, the West okay. Coast. We kind of like the blend of like everything. Yeah, so, you got a lot coming So like through. fashion and like just showing off like <laughs> that mentality. Like Missouri is the show me state. And I don't know if you knew that. So like <laughs> that's the motto is like, you know. You can't talk about something. You gotta walk the walk. You gotta, you gotta, walk, gotta like yeah. show off. So hmm. there's a lot of flashy people there, people that, you know, think they're cool. So they like to show they're cool. <laughs> they show it. Think they're tough. They try to show off nothing mm-hmm. tough. You know, so it's just like a crazy um, thing that kinda all stemmed from like that culture of yeah. uh, basketball that kind of sparked my interest into design and yeah. Just um
1: So speaking on that, there was a I I read that you had picked up a slam magazine. Article in uh 2000. I brought
0: it with me. You brought it with it, you. This page
1: is ripped <laughs> off,
0: but uh, yeah, I got it in here. I gotta I'll show you to you, take I'll a show look later.
1: And so, it, it featured some of the designers from the major like these major sportswear brands. Like, what was it about these stories that
0: you were so interested in? <sighs> so, I mean, it was it was great. Um, coming up, like, not only was I into sports, but my mom, she was like, uh, I'll give her her props. She was kind of creative or okay. whatever. She was she was good with the coloring books and yeah. I didn't stand in the lines. <laughs> so um, she she did a good job challenging me in, like, sketch-offs. So, like, yeah. early on, like, she always – she would draw, like, Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. or, like, little characters like yeah. that, and I'll, I'll try to, you know, duplicate, duplicate. what she did. Yeah. So um that's how I got good at drawing. So that naturally progressed into like wanting to make things mm-hmm. and wanting to build things. So when I saw that first like when I saw that those articles in yeah. that magazine, I got to see like concepts, I got to see prototypes, I got to see sketches. And I was like, What? Yeah. People get paid to do this? <laughs> like this is this is a no brainer. Yeah. So that's that's kinda what sparked my interest for sure. Was that
1: your first time seeing
0: like yes. those types of sketches? Yes. Wow. Cause I mean, for me it was like being a sneakerhead early mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Before, it was like before. I don't know if the internet was popular then, but like maybe the access wasn't as uh, broad, as widespread. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't so, like it wasn't like it is
1: today. We had to ask mom. To, you had to ask yeah. mom to log on or something, <laughs> yeah. or you know, to get the code.
0: <laughs> So I was I was a collector of East Bay's and East Slam mm-hmm. magazines. So that's how I got to see the release dates and how yeah. I, I knew when to ask my parents for a pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh but in that particular article, they actually start showing like the process behind mm. some of the, you know, the famous projects that you see on the shelf. So right. that was a, a big moment for me.
1: Wow, man. And so when this was happening and you started to take interest in sneakers past, just like the Trying to go wait in line and trying to buy them right. Like mm-hmm. at this point, you're like, uh, maybe I want to be a designer. Yeah. Was that like, <clears throat> that's kind of where your
0: head was? That for sure, for sure, it was it was a no brainer that that's what I wanted to do. Once I, you know, realized that my athletic future wasn't going to be <laughs> rewarding. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is something that I, this was something that I had a passion for, like style, yeah. like art, mm-hmm. like it's all kind of merged into design, and that's what I found out. Like mm-hmm. as I started to do my research on the industry, yeah. So tell me a little bit about. So
1: you mentioned that you were like after you realized your sports endeavors weren't gonna be maybe pro level. Oh yeah. Sure. What uh what was that experience like?
0: When did you realize that? So I got a, a very funny story. And it, it kind of brings everything full circle as well. Okay. But um so I was I was a super late bloomer. So mm-hmm. you see me now, I'm like six four. Yeah, you like tall, man. About two hundred pounds. <laughs> um but I was always like super small out of my friend out of my circle mm-hmm. so I was like smaller than my mom in high school so like um I' would say my freshman year I was like maybe like five two five wow. three yeah so my little brother he <laughs> still like that size so I, I got the good genetics I don't know how you know, I, well, hopefully he don't hear this interview, <laughs> but, um so yeah I, I was um, I was a pretty small kid mm-hmm. but I, I you know I had a lot of heart I had a lot of I was a dreamer I thought I was gonna be able to do whatever I put my mind to right which I was good at. But um, I can remember our coach, my basketball coach, was the art teacher <laughs> in my high school. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be his best friend. You right. know, I'm about, you know, I'm about to kill these projects and I'm yeah. about to get on the team. So um, we had uh, reviews, like a uh, parent-teacher conference or something, whatever they called it back in the day. Yeah. So um, my parents, I, I was, I was a little bit more like shy in that mm-hmm. sense because I, I was like. I just wanted to show up and just like ball. I, I didn't want to be like, hey, man, you know, I'm a. So my parents was like, hey, why don't you tell him you're you trying to get on the team? You want to yeah. play basketball? And he was like, son, you you sure? Um, <laughs> you know, you, you gotta, let me let me introduce you to the baseball coach. Oh He's down the hall. Didn't even see me play. He just he just kind of sized me Size up. You up so you it was like I was already starting on that note. So, yeah. I you know, I had to I had a lot of work to do and a lot of growing to do before he even considered me. So that's wow. kind of like, OK. And maybe it's time maybe to reality. About something. Yeah, <laughs> reality. reality started to set in to, uh, before my, my growth
1: spurt hit. So. Wow. So high school, you started leaning into the art and creative side then, right? Yep. And, and you'd yep. been exposed already to um, footwear design through the Slam Magazine article. Yep. And so in 2006, you ended up going to college at uh, Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. Yes. Um, and you majored in industrial design and marketing. Yes. What, like, how did you decide to choose those majors?
0: Man, again, from that that magazine, that like magazine. that thing was the foundation. That was the blueprint to you know, that was that was my Bible at the time. Yeah, like, no lie, I, I worship that. If you see it out of his feet over mm-hmm. there, that thing is like shredded. Like I was literally <laughs> flipping through. I'll, I'll you know put it up, you know, get it again, refer yep. back to a certain page. But um, most of the articles it talked about like. You know the designers' backgrounds, the mm-hmm. education backgrounds. So I saw like what schools they went to, mm-hmm. what they majored in. Um, so that was a big factor in me choosing that program. And yep. Southern Illinois had just happened to be the closest school with the program to wow. St. Louis. So
1: okay, yeah, yeah because all all programs and all universities don't necessarily have those those majors offered. Do yep. you remember what designers in in that magazine that you were like, "Yo, that experience that's 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 that's, that's what I'm interested in."
0: The most famous guy in that magazine, I think, was um, oh, it was uh, Jason Maiden, mm-hmm. uh, big time Jordan guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing his own thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Jason Petrie as well. Yep. He was uh, doing the LeBrons at the time. Yep. Still doing them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like the most influential guys that I saw that I can wow. remember because wow. I haven't opened that magazine in yeah. maybe a year <laughs> or two. I got shake shake <laughs> the, the dust off it off, but um, yeah,
1: wow, yeah. And so when you were in this major, what were some of the things from industrial design standpoint that you started to get exposure to and really start to sharpen on?
0: So ID, it's a pretty broad program. Okay. So it's like, I would be trained to do microphones, iPhones, headphones, mm-hmm. um, cars, anything. Wow. So... Um, I I just learned how to design as a professional Mm -hmm. like the technical side of design not just drawing pretty pictures and sketches so you kind of learn the first day like a whole semester you might just draw literally boxes all day or straight lines with no rulers and stuff like that circles just trying
1: to train yeah okay. that
0: homework was real (laughs) real annoying (laughs) but um, yeah you just basically learn the design principles and then it's up to you you know to kind of like leverage your passions and um, your interests into you know what you pursue in the future yeah and so when
1: you're in that in that program when did you start to introduce footwear into some of the work that you would be doing for
0: class (laughs) that's a good question i think so footwear didn't have specific like there wasn't specific footwear programs or universities universities at the time Mm -hmm. so um my first time Working on a footwear project was my senior thesis, and it was like a self-like uh, taught like type of thing. Whereas, yeah. um, um, because my professor he didn't have any connections in the industry, mm-hmm. um, I pretty much had to like learn everything on my own. Yeah. Like I had to learn proportions. Like I, my proportions was bad. Back then. Like, <laughs> everything looked probably looked like a cartoon shoe, like a Mickey Mouse shoe or yeah. banana. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that project. I actually proposed starting my own footwear business. Okay. So I had to do research on the design side and on the business the side. Business so that was that was very informational um for me and um that kind of like sparked my interest even more hmm. and then I realized how much I really love drawing the shoes in right. addition to like seeing that stuff in the magazines and yeah. um I would say that like being a student of the game, like I learned about Tinker, like Mm -hmm. the man behind all Mm of my favorite shoes. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, man, I want to be like this dude. Like (laughs) I want to, I want to work with signature athletes. I want to work on that level of product. So that was something that I aspired to do.
1: Wow. And so when you're in school and you're starting to build out this portfolio, um, how'd you go about trying to get feedback? Maybe like from like that thesis, for example, Um, how'd you try to get feedback from maybe some of these designers that you
0: are trying to um, so that's a good question I actually wasn't really building that portfolio in school okay because uh, by the time I really got into drawing shoes it was like with that project and then I was kind of on my way, on out. way out okay so from there that's when it like it got real because I was like I really wanted a job and I didn't want to I already knew what I wanted to do so <laughs> I wasn't gonna settle for like doing like you know design anything or yeah. going to any company so and then I was I was super cocky at the time. So I'm like, "Oh, man, I'm I'm hot. I'm, I got I'm the best designer in the city. I'm going to get a job easy. I I don't need to intern. Like I didn't intern during school." Yeah. So that was one one thing that was uh against me, but um so when you finished then, did you have these jobs lined up? up. Okay. You already know. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I didn't um it was it was it was terrible. It was tough for me.
1: When we come back in just a moment, how Ed overcomes not getting a footwear design job after graduation to getting his foot in the door with a design firm based in his hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. Stay with us. I'm Bima, and you're listening to Claim of Stories. Hey, everyone. Support for Claim of Stories comes from Portland State University's Athletic and Outdoor Industry Certificate. Interested in claiming a career at companies like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, or Keen? They can help by providing you with hands-on experience and connections to industry insiders. Visit pdx.edu and search Athletic and Outdoor Industry Certificate. Hey, it's Bima. Welcome back to Kaleemah Stories. So it's 2011, and Ed is graduating from college. He believes he's one of the best young designers around, and brands should be throwing opportunities at him. But there's one big problem.
0: They aren't. Most companies aren't willing to give you the opportunity without any experience. Any experience. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have connections or experiences, you just just out here yeah you're really far down the pipeline in a very competitive
1: yeah environment right yeah. and so what did you end up doing after school did you end up moving back home what'd you do
0: after school i think i had my apartment in, in that school town yeah. okay. for like another semester or for a little while so i just kind of grinded it out yeah um worked on my portfolio like every day i was like sketching from like yeah. sun up to sundown yeah. building up my uh my portfolio i was um Back then social media wasn't really a big thing or mm-hmm. it wasn't something I was heavily into. So we had um portfolio sites where I would post some of my renderings mm-hmm. up. So like the more and more I did that, the more confident I was getting okay. in my designs. Cause and the people more, were coming in and commenting. Yeah, people were commenting. People, you know, then so then you got the size of the competition. <laughs> so you can see, oh, this guy, he's posting oh, that's all right, but yeah, I could do better than that. Better so than then than I was that. like in my mind, I was competing with all these people that had great work, so that kind of motivated me to go even harder. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I had like this body of work that was like amazing to me. Yeah. So I started shopping it around and building my portfolio. So how did you shop it? Like, where were you going? Were you Were you using like I don't know LinkedIn or stuff like that to try to? I started using LinkedIn. Okay. I was um going to like I was using Indeed uh, okay. websites for job searching, mm-hmm. so. I was um search, checking that thing every day. I was getting refreshed to see what the new job was and I was like sending my resume, sending mm-hmm. my portfolio and I was just getting that, that you know that uh that that email that you don't wanna see. Oh yeah. When you're hungry. So mm-hmm. um so that's pretty much what happened. And eventually I started to uh reach out to professionals through LinkedIn and okay. started getting feedback, tried to build connections.
1: Okay.
0: And um Linked, uh, I ended up communicating with my uh, former professor back at school, and he he put me in touch with uh, some alum Okay, and um, in my hometown, that had a design firm. Oh so, wow! Did you know yeah. about
1: that design firm before you went off to school?
0: I did not because okay. I, I didn't really want to pursue that type that mm-hmm. that type of uh, design profession. So I wasn't really you weren't aware for of that. It. You were like, I'm
1: going for this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I, I swear I had tunnel vision, man. I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Anything about them? Yeah. And so, what? What year was it
1: that you ended up going work for this design firm?
0: Uh, man,
1: was that like? Because it had to be after 2011. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it was maybe like it was maybe like a year or a year and a half yeah. after I graduated. Okay. So that's when I moved back home, and I was, you know, I was in the parents' house and yep. you know struggling. So <laughs> I definitely wanted to get out of there, so yep. that just motivated me even more to. Uh, just tighten up on everything. So I ended up getting in touch with them. Okay. And I was only... Man, I was working two retail jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was going there after work. Oh, wow. Just to like sketch on toys and like just random stuff they needed me to do. Mm-hmm. And then once I had that little piece of my resume, then that's when, you know, some of the big companies were able... Were willing to, um you know... Check in. Give me a fair shot.
1: Yeah, because then they can see that, okay, he's got tangible experience. We can see a body of work that's been done. And so mm-hmm. now you're starting to get some more
0: Yeah, now i'm starting to get a little bit of traction you know my head's starting to get a little bit bigger (laughs) um yeah and so you hadn't i
1: think what's interesting there is that you didn't give up on the dream though you were still actively like okay i had a ton of it's a little not i'm I'm knocked back a little bit but i'm still gonna try to figure out how to get this
0: man i got a funny story yeah so and this again this probably gonna cause a little beef with my parents but uh (laughs) My mom, you know, your mom is always going to support you unconditionally. But your mm-hmm. father, he's the more realistic one. He's like, man, you need a job. You need to make some. You need to make some money. You need to help with these loans. Mm-hmm. So um, he always, when he saw me ske- stand up sketching all night because I was back home, he's mm-hmm. like, man, what you doing? Like, why you drawing <laughs> why are you shoes you all day? Shoes he he that? didn't know it was a real job. Yeah. So he he wasn't aware that this was a profession, a career path. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, he was encouraging me to like pursue other um, avenues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, no, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So it was it was fulfilling it when was, you know when opportunities <laughs> I mean, started to roll in. Then yeah. he started like, okay, you know, now I see why. <laughs> now you, I yeah, see.
1: So well, so uh, speaking to that, so in 2014, you actually
0: landed you landed at Under Armour. So yeah. how did that come about then? Well, that came about like even even after that internship, mm-hmm. I was at another small company back okay. home, and I I hadn't was able to get like 2 years of footwear experience like at a smaller company mm-hmm. um what in was terms the company of, it was called Elon Polo okay. International so um yeah I was there I was working on like children's athletic shoes mm-hmm. and this was like for like uh family channel like Kohl's Target shoe it was like the famous footwear so yeah. it's like lower price point shoes yeah. so it wasn't anything super glamorous or anything that I wanted to work on but it provided me the opportunity to learn a whole lot about mm-hmm. the industry like I was working on colorways. Mm-hmm. I was working on, like, picking my own materials. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, emailing factories. Wow. I was learning so much that you wouldn't learn at a big company. Right. So by the time, like, when I reached out to Under Armour and applied for a job, I had much more experience so than what, like, like the average um, designer would have because mm-hmm. all they do is, like, concept. Right. So um, I pretty much was there for, like, a year and a half to two years. And then that's when like I started getting contacted by like Mm -hmm. Adidas, Mm -hmm. Under Armour, New Balance, and Under Armour at the time resonated with me the most. Mm -hmm. They was uh, they just signed Steph, yeah, and they was preaching that humble and hungry Mm -hmm. and all that underdog stuff, and I was like, yeah, that's just like me. You were really feeling it, (laughs) yeah. So I resonated with that a lot. So that made me choose them, and I saw them as a company that I can like go um, join and be a big part of like building it up.
1: Yeah, Um, and so you. You had moved to Baltimore for
0: that job. Yeah, yeah. Was Baltimore that your first time was being in Baltimore. First time, <laughs> and it was just as bad as St. Louis. So um, actually, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, mm. I you can recall um, the Freddie Gray situation. Yeah, and that was following in my hometown. We had the Mike Brown situation. Oh wow! So I, just, I, had, I used really to like even think about that separate riots in, yes. like different um, different cities. So it was it was very real in Baltimore. Mm. Um, it was, it was crazy. Did you feel
1: like in your day to day? Did you was that in your consciousness? Like just thinking about like your own safety and some yeah. of those different types of interactions?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You kind of make you more conscious of where you go and the people you deal with mm-hmm. on the day to day. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, now tell me about the early days at, at Under Armour. Right, tell me about. You're finally there. You're finally there and you're finally starting to continue your career as a, a footwear designer. What do you remember about like that first year?
0: The early days, I mean, it was crazy cuz it was like you're on a huge campus. Mm-hmm. So, that was my first impression. Even when they flew me in for like the interviews, mm-hmm. like they put me in like the nicest hotel on the waterfront <laughs> with the nicest views and it was like, man, this is this is life now. Yeah. Like this is I got to make this happen. <laughs> so, uh my early days there it was just like Amazing being on campus because it's huge. It's probably mm-hmm. like the equivalent to like the Nike campus here, mm-hmm. but in Baltimore, that's like the home base. Yeah. So um, it was great. They got uh, the campus on the waterfront. Yeah. Um, This is beautiful. Like all the like the the amenities and like the gym and like the court basketball court. (laughs) I wasn't used to that. It's like a what like this is how I dress when I go to work. It's like super like chill. Chill. Like my impression of being professional was Mm -hmm. like I probably have to wear like a tie and and slacks and all this stuff. (laughs) Funny story. I got another one for you. So my first day of work. Cause my lab, my previous job, it was more business casual, so mm-hmm. I would wear like button downs and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm at Under Armour. I didn't have any shoes because <laughs> I was I was like a Nike kid growing up. Yeah. So I had uh, I had bought like some whatever their newest shoe was. I had got off eBay. I tried to get like exclusive color, yeah. you know, I'm yeah, saying yeah. something that wasn't like I couldn't find out um, at retail. So I showed up to work. I had I had these red shoes on, <laughs> some jeans, had my shirt buttoned in with a red tie on. I thought I was like. I thought I was, I don't know who I thought I was, but I yeah. looked crazy, yeah. you know, compared to everybody else because they had on, like, the performance tees mm-hmm. or, like, a quarter zip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I quickly learned, like, hey, this is a different environment, <laughs> yeah. and that was something that um, that I, you know, um, that I loved about the, uh, the company. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: just like, it wasn't, like, this super stuffy, I need to come in with these Mm-hmm. This is this other type of tire. I can come in and be like, no, this is sportswear. This is mm-hmm. how we dress. We exactly. actually wear the
0: stuff we make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, a lot of young folks. A lot of like the yeah. energy is just like ah, like we are un- we're coming. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was great. Uh,
1: do you remember some of those first projects you got to work on?
0: I do. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> I, was, I had I got a lot of nightmares about them. Um, <laughs> how come my first few projects so. There's always, like, a lot of, like, organizational changes, Mm -hmm. like, within companies, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, year over year. Yep. So, like, as I was joining, the company was changing. Like, they were building up the office in Portland. Okay. So, people were being moved here. So, like, roles were changing. So, Mm -hmm. the original job that I was offered ended up, like, changing, like, (laughs) after I had already started and I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. So, I ended up doing, like, more colorways than actual concept and and that was something Yeah. So it was like, it was something I was good at. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. But and then I was able to work with athletes. Okay. So it was fun at first. Mm-hmm. So it was fun, like working on like Curry's like yep. game shoes mm-hmm. and like coming up with these like crazy stories, like around like you know, um, whether it's around his daughter or his mm-hmm. wife, like you know, the Splash Brothers, yeah. and, like all that yeah. type of stuff, coming up with these cool uh, colorways and concepts. But then like after like a little while of doing it, i was like whoa this ain't what i signed up for so <laughs> yeah, i was like, like i want more like i want to yeah. be able
1: to come in and create and concept
0: yeah, I'm, like, I'm trying to be tinker i want to be designing <laughs> this stuff not all these colors so eventually i mean it was the same thing it was like you know um you know just that grinding and that perseverance <laughs> and just like talking to the right people and <laughs> you know networking within the company this kind of led to a lot of uh different opportunities where i was able to like like wear multiple hats where I was doing color, I was designing mm-hmm. and then, you know, next thing you know, you know, you're doing a lot, a lot of big yeah. projects. So so when you say
1: talk to the right people for you in your world, who, who were those right people?
0: Like just senior leadership okay. and, um, okay. like managers, mm-hmm. like, um, just making sure your manager know what yep. you want to do. Yeah. Um, talking to your peers, just mm-hmm. kind of learning like their backgrounds and how they got to where they, you know, how they get, how they got to where they are. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just you know, just being a, a a sponge, just trying to absorb as much yeah. as you can.
1: Yeah, and so I also uh, I think I saw on Instagram that uh, you had you had designed this running shoe, and it had for the brand it had sold a million pairs in its first season.
0: Is that is that right? Oh, man, you got to stay off my Instagram, hey, man. No, but no, it was great. <laughs> no, nah, it was great. Yeah, that was, that's true. Uh, that was actually my first run project so that was that was amazing to have that type of success wow i didn't know anything about run at the <laughs> time so i give a lot of credit to my teammates mm-hmm. um for help you know bringing me in because yeah. that's that's like our biggest um our biggest money maker is the run category it's wow. like, um, so it's amazing to be a part of that team and be able to work on even if it's not like the super high performance uh shoe at run specialty um it's cool to be able to work on a shoe with that much volume cuz mm-hmm. that's the shoes that everybody notices around like when they're looking at like what's bringing in money. The revenue, like, okay, right? yeah. That was one of those projects. <laughs> and so when you first got brought into this project, what were you thinking? You were like, "Uh I was no. nervous. <laughs> I was nervous at first because I had never done a run shoe, but right. I knew that I the team was confident in me and I was confident because I knew that I had talent, mm-hmm. but I just had to learn the consumer. I had to learn the marketplace, I had to learn what the competition was mm-hmm. doing and I had to see how I could bring a different perspective, which mm-hmm. I had because yeah. I was working in team sports mm-hmm. and color color design pretty much. So
1: yeah.
0: um, I was able to bring a different perspective to the team like I still do to this day yeah. and to that project.
1: What did you think from a design standpoint was so critical on that shoe that drove success?
0: Well, so the way that we worked at the time... Um, Creative direction was from the top, mm-hmm. and they would design like a pinnacle model, and that would help influence like the models, the other models within the line. Yeah. So we had a super high performance run model that's out now. Um, it's called the Infinite. Okay. Um, so nice little plug. <laughs> I know I'm going go, y'all go get that shoe. <laughs> but uh, we need it. We need it. We basically need a shoe that carries some of that same energy okay. with a different uh, technology platform. At, at the family channel level, mm-hmm. and that's like where our biggest business is at, okay. is at the family channel level. Mm-hmm. So I was able to to take some of the energy from that shoe and put my twist on it yeah. and um, create a shoe that like family well with that shoe. So when they, you know, merge it with and they, you know, they show it to accounts that yeah. it was like, oh man, this is great. This is it. This is, <laughs> you know, this is what we need at this price point mm-hmm. for this consumer. And yeah. that was how I was able to, you know, kind of do what it, what it did. Yeah. So. And what do you remember what it retailed for? It retailed at 80 bucks. Yeah. The briefs, so uh, you know how briefs yeah. work, but uh yeah, the brief changed. they ended up uh you know lowering the price point to mm-hmm. be a little bit more predatory mm-hmm. on like some of the competition models. So mm-hmm. we delivered a lot of value at that price that point. Price. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm.
1: feel like it was it was difficult for you to come in or were you able to pull some of those things from your your past and be like, no, I know how to actually I can bring us an $80 shoe.
0: <laughs> Honestly, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing for a yeah. run, because it was like it's it's different when you're working on basketball or certain things where you like you know, people expect like clear outsoles or mm-hmm. like speckles and mm-hmm. like or like different treatments and stuff right. where it's like, nah, this this is for this is for Coles or this is for like <laughs> DSG. So mm-hmm. it's like this consumer or this mom yeah, or this different. this father, yeah, this person isn't looking for that. So I couldn't lean on or leverage all of those things mm-hmm. that I learned in the past. Mm-hmm. But um I was still able to do something like something fun and uh fresh for that person, yeah. that consumer.
1: That's awesome. Uh and so the brand must have really like they really must have like been very proud of you and the team that were part of, of
0: building this shoe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they appreciate it. They you know, they um they made me a nice little uh, plaque, mm-hmm. so um, I, I took that home real quick. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> I know you, you had to go show that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you, know, I, you know, I had to show, I had to show it off. Uh, I had to put a picture up on the ground with it. Uh, but no, they 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 appreciate you know my contributions and like you know we all it's it's like a big team, so yeah. it's like we all you know complement each other. So 100%. I'm sure they're happy to have me as much as i'm happy to you know be a part of
1: it 100 um so tell me uh as we we start to wrap up here you got to think about those days growing up in st louis and um that first time you got exposure to being a designer to today you know you just you, you did a shoe a million pairs and you're working on future projects that'll probably do even crazier business um what advice would you have for our listeners trying to create connections with professionals in the sportswear industry
0: that's a loaded question <laughs> um for sure i would say just be proactive like take control of your career so mm-hmm. like just stay prepared for any opportunity to come up take advantage of all the resources mm-hmm. you know now with social media you got like the traditional sites and the job boards you got a lot of access to a lot of things so it's, it's way easier mm-hmm. now so just take advantage of opportunity mm-hmm. um Humble yourself. Ask a lot of questions. Reach out. Be persistent. Like mm-hmm. if you get told no, ask again. Send a, send an email again. Follow up. <laughs> yep. Then follow up to the follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, just remember that professionals are busy. Mm-hmm. So like they may not answer. Like I may not respond to somebody the first time or second time because you know I'm working on stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know I have a, a personal life as well. So yeah. just be persistent and um and just stay at it.
1: That was Ed Wallace. He's a footwear designer at Under Armour, and he's been at the company since 2014. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. Find out more about Ed and get access to all of our episodes on our website at ClaimOfStories.com. And while you're there, please give us a review. If you'd like to connect, follow us on Instagram at ClaimOfStories. Our show this week is produced by BJ Fergozo and Adrian Anaya with music composed by VDOT of The Creative State. Thanks also to Oilung Maui and Caitlin Williams. I'm Bima, and you've been listening to Clayma Stories.